welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's as ferocious as Nikola Jokic's speech after game two, apparently, man. That man got them fired up for game three. Dude, he had them stinking about it. And then, you know, Coach Malone coming in before game three with the, how many finals you been in? You want to you wanna make this worth it? Like, you know, he, he got those young guys reared up for that game three. We're here, man. It's been a series. I can't believe that the Heat actually got a steal. You know, we'll, we'll come back to it. Jimmy hasn't been absolutely amazing for me yet, but it's been a good three games in my opinion. Bro, you know I cursed the sweep when I called it, right? Like, it's why Jimmy got the one. I mean, the Nuggets looked pretty sleepy in that game, but they were still pretty close to it. And Jimmy's building towards that game for you, man. He's he's getting there. He's getting there. Maybe that that extra game to to push it to six or seven, that, that'll be for Jimmy to drop 35. I mean, 28 in game three, right? Like, we're getting closer. But, yeah, he's gonna, he's probably going to need one of these 35 pluses to keep the series alive going into the rest of this. But, you know, we'll, we'll get into it down the line. You know, there's some really interesting, weird stuff going on in the NBA world that we got to touch base first. But let's start, let's start with the Raptors a little bit. Let's, let's talk about a little positivity before we get too much into the weird because this coaching roulette, this coaching search – seemingly is coming down to the wire the rumors that i'm hearing is that they're going to be deciding next week i'm thinking oh just waiting for the nba finals to be over so that it can be all about us and our new coach now but regardless of where it goes i know a lot of raptors fans just want to coach they just want to know at this point i feel like a lot of our fan base feels like we're fumbling the the bag here because uh we're letting guys like Adrian Griffin get get snatched snatched up. Uh, Monty Williams get snatched up. Um, like it's it's this kind of interesting idea that that we haven't you know taken it super seriously. I just feel like we're vetting out our candidates, and I think having uh, Griffin in house, we knew that you know maybe that wasn't the direction that we were looking to go for right away. And like Monty Williams obviously got paid a bag and who knows if like Mike Tannenbaum wanted to pay that right like yeah that is a huge amount for a coach so I kind of like where we're at um you know I still wish JJ was in the running because that man on his podcast is is a genius um we... but yeah uh what about you man like where do you think we're going I mean, we we both have hope for JJ. We'd love for him to be a part of the team in some way or another because he's got that fun basketball mind, and and we we love his 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 understanding of the game. But it's it's such an interesting place. Before I talk about it, I want to mention that we have to remember that we fired a coach of the year in May, and we waited until June to actually officially announce that Nurse was going to be his replacement. So, gonna lay that there. You know, it's not like we haven't taken our time before as a franchise. But the rumors out that I'm hearing. Sergio Scariola, man, I think I think he's going to be the guy. You know, there's a lot of connections in the past with the team before. Um, Will Lou had an interesting um, an interesting interview recently, uh, just hearing more about Sergio and what he could bring and his potential. I like the fact that he's been this kind of unrecognized star with the Spanish team. The fact what he's doing with his Euro team right now, like I think he could come in and and be the answers that we're looking for and. I was originally thought of that it was like, oh, old man who has all of this European success is going to come in and want to win championships and want to be the best. And what I'm hearing is that, well, actually, he's going to be strong developmentally. He's going to have a deeper rotation, which any Raptors fans is like, ooh, Benchmob could return. Yes, please. And, you know, 
the the big selling point for me matt was the the Kawhi leonard connection you know the fact that by the time Kawhi left him and sergio were apparently discussing things left and right all the time and he, he just seems like the guy for me at this point you know and, and i'm kind of sold on him honestly yeah i mean there are like two other candidates that are out there uh apparently in kenny and and darko but um, I would agree. I think uh, Serge might be that guy. Um, he's never been an NBA head coach. Um, so I think our fr- our front office is kind of looking for something like that. You know, we don't want a guy who's who's already been through it and, and proven that maybe he's a good head coach, but he's not maybe a championship level head coach. And Kenny Atkinson, I think, uh, has gotten a little bit of a raw deal, but yeah. um, he might he might be a good option. I think it's really between those two guys at the at the top, and I think our front office is going to lean towards that you know unknown experience in Sergio, and you know Nick Nurse had a ton of ex- uh, success overseas, and and so we we do value that quite a bit within the organization. So I wouldn't be mad, and it. As long as Sergio sticks to his developmental play, because right. that's really, really what we need. We need some guy who's going to come in, develop a guy like Delano if we retain him, develop a Scotty Barnes, develop a Gary Trent Jr. and uh, you know further and a uh, Precious. That's what we need, and that's that's hopefully where we go, man. So and, I'm, and I'm, in, I'm in. That that's the thing, right? Hopefully, the the defensive mindset and mentality that we've built as an organization can continue as well. And at this point, again, like I said, I think the past few weeks, we're all just waiting. It's just speculation at this point. I know that your guy Jordy apparently is out, and you know everyone is really high on Jordy Fernandez, and he's going to be a head coach in this NBA one day. Everyone knows it at this point. Yeah, I think. Um, everybody knows it, but he, he might just not fit what we're trying to do. Um, I guess, you know, they didn't like one of his interviews or one of his answers. So, Hey, it happens, man. Sometimes, you know, you're just not the right man for the job. You don't fit exactly the mold that they're looking for. And you're right though. He's definitely going to find a job soon and, and become an NBA head coach for, for sure. It's, it's only a matter of time is what everyone is speculating at this point. And with the Raptors, that's how we hopefully are feeling. It's only a matter of time until they can come together and, and be that next step. And we're pretty much just, we're sitting here waiting for draft season now because, you know, there's the pictures of oh, Scoot man. Henderson and the OG Raptors 3. There's all of the rumors left and right. You know, Portland saying that Shaden Sharp is completely off the table. Like, I think the conversations are starting to get down to the wire. And like we mentioned in the past, it might just have to be that draft day trade if we're going to make a move at anything, because I think the front office is really sold on what they want and they're willing to hopefully swing for the fences to, to make a big change. That's what, that's what we want over here. Absolutely, man. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, everybody's, you know, speculating that Brandon Miller is going to be that pick at number two. Yeah. Um, but if scoot, you know, if it's a smoke screen and they do go with scoot Henderson, we can't make that trade. We can't give up Pascal Siakam for Brandon Miller or like Eamon Thomas or, or one of the brothers. Like it's just, it's not something that, that should be available to us. Yeah. And so unless Scoot is sitting there at three, I'm sure the particulars of the deal have already been worked out. You know, Masai's done his due diligence. He kind of left a little teaser on one of his interviews recently where he's like, it's the NBA. You never know what could happen. Keep your phone out. Um, So I like that idea. And I think that, 
they 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 scoped it out. They know what kind of assets they're willing to give up if if Scoot is available, and they know what what Portland's looking for. Um, again, you know, we're both hoping that it is Siakam that they're hoping for, and to me, I think Siakam is the more win now ready star as opposed to OG. Yeah. Um, but hey, man, they might want a, that player that they can build around for a while. You know, a guy that Shaden Sharp can can compete with, and it's so funny that uh, Shaden Sharp, you know, over the last ten games had like this huge explosion of. Yeah, I think he was averaging over twenty points per game, but yeah. for the season, he like for the first seventy, he only averaged seven. So, uh, I mean, could that be like the upward trajectory, or right. could it just be like small sample size? And Who it knows? Could, could it be the classic, you know, situation that you're in the the Damian Lillard? ball that is played in that franchise right and who's to say dame doesn't get traded who's to say that dame doesn't suddenly get a phone call from somebody because i mean Kyrie's out here calling lebron being like yo come come to dallas my guy please like anyone could call a phone call and dame could be like yeah maybe i do want it maybe somebody spites him and he decides like we don't really know what's going to happen and that's why we are very much the stand pat the wait you know let it come out i'm gonna be on an airplane when it comes to the draft so knowing our luck you know i'm I'm not gonna get to witness the trade and if that happens hey i'm okay with it you know what i mean like just we're gonna Man, we're gonna be interested to see the future at this point i think you make more mistakes when you rush into things as opposed to uh letting it simmer and and True. weighing your options and yeah you might miss you know that that cutting edge opportunity but i think that they're like our franchise is focused on building a foundational winner and a, and a consistent, you know, competitor. And again, this Miami run is proving that the NBA is, is razor thin. And that if we can get the right guys who are willing to compete on a night in night out basis and, and give it their all, like anything is, is truly possible. Cause anybody have Miami here before this, before the playoffs start. That's it, right? And But you also have to realize the culture, the fact that, you know, yes, we're removed from the last time that, you know, the Miami Heat fans got to see an NBA Finals, you know, 2014, considering the bubble situation, right? But that mm-hmm. culture hasn't died. What Spolstra and, you know, what, I guess, Dwayne Wade, really, not LeBron, but Dwayne Wade built in that city is still alive. That culture still exists. And as you mentioned, with the right guys around the right type of Jimmy Butler player, you can kind of do anything in the right situations, right? And so, yeah, you have, you have to be willing to set yourself up for success as a franchise. And as we've said multiple times, just don't be mid, please, guys. Like, we don't want to be, be mid. mid. We don't want to be there. I love how uh, you, you credit Dwayne Wade with the heat culture, and I would agree that it probably is Dwayne Wade, but don't tell that to Shaq, man. He was on a podcast <laughs> with Gary Payton, it's got to be him and Gary, man. They they are the ones who set that culture from the onset. So, <laughs> really, it's Pat Riley. Man. But yeah, I was going to say Pat, Pat Riley over here. It's been almost 25% of all NBA championships. He's been in three with the Lakers as a player. Yeah. Um, he was in a, a bunch with them as a coach. He was in a bunch with Miami as a as a coach and an executive. Like, this man, dude, he, he's I great. Heard, I heard he's still the same weight right now as he was when he was playing on the lakers back in the day like that man can still that's ball. impressive yeah so like pat He's riley old. Dude, yeah that's so we gotta we gotta, that's shout gotta out be pat. alive man that guy's old <laughs> i 
I read it, man. I don't know where it came from, but I swear. And he, I saw a video of him shooting hoops. Bro, he's in winning game. time. <laughs> I know, I know, man. As it's a washed up guy. <laughs> Adrian Brody, man, absolute legend. Oh, but no, man, he like the Heat are doing so well. Let's let's uh let's let's mention a few things before we get into this series because I feel like we have to talk about CP3 really quickly because the reports right. are out that the Suns have said we'd like to move on from you chris we'd like to find a better alternative but at the same time it's like that guy has 70 something million dollars of guaranteed contract and can you really find a solution like will they actually cut him it's crazy man they they might have to cut him that might be like the only option for them and so like i just it's crazy to me that they'll they'll let him walk because I still think that he has some good basketball left in him. Like oh, yeah. obviously it's it's not that nobody would pick him up. I think that there are, are multiple of teams that would pick him up. I mean, they'd have to be win now kind of championship caliber teams. And you can't go with like your your Denver Nuggets or yeah. you know, your, like Miami Heat. Like, could you imagine replacing Kyle with CP3? I feel like they're at the same level at this point. Um, but a, a team like LA or a team like Boston who needs that, you know, ne not necessarily a scorer, but like a floor general, a guy who, you know, puts you into that offense, like he might fit for one of those teams to take them to the next level. I mean, I always think that CP3 could be the, the Kemba Walker that they wanted, you know, the, cause, cause poor Kemba, man, it's kind of insane to how fast his career fell apart after leaving after leaving the Hornets, but Chris Paul could provide what Boston needs in a lot of ways. But at the same time, can you afford it? Is the value worth it, right? And and the other hand was that LA situation of, yeah, man, LeBron would love another ball handler to do what he's doing, but it is really, can it happen? And obviously the Suns are looking to try to make a sign and trade happen, but like, can they find a good bait op opponent who's going to just eat onto that and be like, yeah, sure, we can be a fish that just gobbles onto that hook like it's 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 weird look, man we don't know what's gonna happen look man either he is on their team next year or they cut him because i can't see him getting traded to another team like even a team like new orleans that could really benefit from him like that's not going to be an option they don't want to trade their pieces for an aging chris paul and that would be kind of cool to see him kind of like you know, make his way back to where his career started true. and maybe won a championship. But, like, if that Zion stuff is true, man, who knows? I mean, Zion's probably going to play because it's not like he did anything bad. But just, like, the, the shame and embarrassment, like, oh, not great. The, the slander is wild if true. We won't, we won't get too much into it. But, like, Zion, my guy, what are, you, what are you doing if true, my friend? What are you doing? Ugh. Also, kids, like, you know, real is better than fake. And uh, Zion, that girl's fake. So, and, and she's proving it right now. Yeah. Apparently he was going to like pay for her to like live in New Orleans. Like stuff's wild. But again, like I could get, write you um, a Snapchat message as Zion Williamson too. So who That's cares? Thing, man, we don't really know much like with how the John Morant camp is trying to say it was just a toy gun now. Like 
at this point, Matt and I are in shambles because we were like, hey, look at these two great stars that are going to be amazing in this league. And both of them have decided to fumble <sighs> the bag in completely Bro. weird and ridiculous ways. Like, uh, it's not Our cool, curse man. got them, man. Our curse absolutely <laughs> destroyed their careers. I'm sorry, New Orleans fans and, and Grizzly fans. Like, that's on us. Uh, yeah, the, the, one, the one shining star that comes out of this is the fact that it has enabled our Canadian boy, RJ Beerett, to be the shining star out of this draft somehow you know nice canadian kids somehow surviving the mecca without doing any weird stupid things like good work rj good work hey man the canadian basketball scene is exploding and it's even you know in this finals jamal murray like yeah it's clear that nikola Jokic is the best player and it you know everything kind of runs around nikola Jokic. But they are that championship-level team when Jamal Murray is playing like that guy. So I, I'm here for Canada basketball. Um, I love where we're at. You know, the Pacers got some Canadians. We got Lou Dortz. We got Shea. We got RJ. Like, we, we have a roster, man. And, like, we're going to compete, and I love it because – the international basketball scene has really taken over and, yeah. you know, coming out of America pretty hard, like Serbia and Canada, man, dominating the U S in this, uh, in this final. So gotta love it. It's, it's beautiful to see. And how many times have we had, you know, talking about a star, talking about Nikola Jokic, talking about LeBron James, talking about Michael Jordan, you know, this, that other Every single time they've had their guy with them. They've had somebody beside them. LeBron doesn't win that bubble title without Anthony Davis playing the way that he is. Giannis doesn't win that title without Chris Middleton getting that game six win for him, right? Like, absolutely. You can say it so many different times, and Jamal absolutely is that guy for him. And it's so beautiful to watch because this duo understands each other so well. They play so well beside each other, and they've been growing for seven years i think it's been since jamal was drafted at this point you know malone has gotten to mold these two young now not so young but young i think i'm older than both of them so i can say young these these kids into this amazing duo right now who is running rampant over this nba finals and game three was the culmination of all that together it's just been beautiful to watch dude it's it's been absolutely fabulous and like Jamal Murray, another player that Masai tried to target him and Shea. Uh, yeah. Could you imagine if we'd gotten those guards? Like, whoa, our team would be good. Um, but I, I love to see it. And it was so funny, like before the, the NBA finals, a lot of people who did pick the heat, well, they were mentioning, you know, there's levels to this. There's steps to this. You have to, you know, get to the finals and, and knock on the door before you you win. And like, that's not true michael jordan is considered the greatest nba nba player of all time because he went six for six he didn't lose once he got there and i think that, like you mentioned this team has been building towards it they've had their steps you know when they were puppies when he was you know a 26 year old um you know up and coming star nikola Jokic, and you know jamal murray was what like 23 24 like they made it all the way to the conference finals. And if it yeah. weren't for LeBron and Anthony Davis, who were both, you know, pretty close to their primes, LeBron obviously had has the longest prime in NBA history. So <laughs> you got to consider like 34, 35 year old LeBron still yeah. prime. <laughs> um, like without that, like they go to that finals and they probably, you know, give the Heat some trouble. So like that's, that's their step. And they didn't have them for the last two years. And 
like the the one run that they're back together since that bubble run yeah they're gonna do it man like to me like we can talk about these games but like game one was it was evident that they were the better team it felt like they never got out of out of second gear like they were just like chilling i mean they were so outmatched in general like miami heat they had their fourth quarter that they've had constantly throughout the playoffs and they made it close. Like, you know, you look at this box score, it's a it's an eleven point game. And it was a little bit closer in the fourth of points, but it wasn't an eleven point game through the first three quarters. You know, Mike Malone said it best in his speech before game three. You know, we've won and not just one dominated six of the eight quarters in this game so far. And you know, in game three, yeah, Miami still probably played a little bit better in the fourth quarter because that's seemingly what they do. But man, in that first game, Denver just had it, you know. Miami wasn't knocking down their shots. Just like you mentioned, you talked about them hitting the status quo, being that regular season team that they were, which is so interesting because, you know, and then in game two, they came back and they were hitting those playoff shots again. Like, everyone jokes about how Miami lives and dies by the three. And while that is true, there is so many other points to their game. They have to attack the rim. Bam has to be, we'll talk about Bam in a bit because Bam has to keep doing the unreal bits that he's doing. But at the end of the day, Denver just is better. And unlike the Boston team that just fell apart at the seams, Denver's holding strong. They really are. Well, and like, like you mentioned, like they kind of live and die by the three, but they generated like 16 wide open looks in the first game and then they couldn't knock them down. And then in the second game, nine of their 16 makes were considered wide open, right. you know, six foot. And in game three, like it felt like Denver didn't really give those up. And so for Denver to, you know, in the first two games, maybe throw out a, a B game and a C plus game, like their A game proved last night, like they are, that's the gap. Yeah. That is, you know, you can try as hard as you want. You can be as tough as you want and you can, you know, have guys make shots. I like the Heat have not shot worse than thirty percent in a in a single game this this series from three point. Yeah. The Nuggets have done it twice and are up two one. They've won both games where they shot under thirty percent from three. I mean, so that's what it's about. If you if you take Michael Porter Jr.'s threes out, you you might make some better percentages really quickly. But yeah, man, it's the fact of the matter is they're just better, and the reason why Miami is alive is because of Eric Spolstra. Simply put, Eric Spolster won game two. He played some incredible coaching mechanics, and Malone couldn't get his guys to wake up. You know, Malone was he was trying the right punches, but you know, the classic blunder of winning game one in the fashion that you do makes you go, Oh, sweet, we might be able to just call it in this series. Everyone's saying it's a sweep, and Spolster said, Nah, I'm not letting this happen. You know, he brought Kevin Love in for some fantastic minutes here and there, and it's why this series is 2-1 and not 3-0, because Miami decided in game two that they weren't going to say die and they weren't just going to roll over. Where, like, everyone's talking about those undrafted players and, like, 100%, like, there's so much respect to these young guys, you know, your Duncan Robinsons, your Gabe Vincents, your Max Struess. But really, like, I think the reason that, you know, Miami can get to this point is because they do have a guy like Kevin Love, who... No, he doesn't need to play every single playoff game. You can bench him at the end of that that Boston series because he's unplayable. And he's still going to be ready when you insert him. A guy like right. Kyle Lowry, who, 
He's been up and down these playoffs. But when he's in, he makes the right plays. No, he's not as athletic as he used to be. No, he can't do the same things that he used to be able to do. But he can still, you know, they, they're both great at uh, getting the getting the charge. Oh, they're yeah. both great at knowing when to shoot, when to pass, which where they need to be defensively. And so that gives Spolstra so many options. And like you mentioned, that guy is like an absolute genius when it comes to basketball because after game one, I felt like the sweep was, was a lock. And even in game two, like they, they didn't start very well. They were down 11, but from the majority of that game, it felt like Denver was just going to walk away with it until the fourth. And then he threw him that zone. And I didn't think the zone was going to work, man. Like last week you, I talked about it. I thought that zone was going to get picked apart by Nikola Jokic at the top, just holding the ball above his head, you know? But no, Spool gave him that that amoeba like you know zone, and it was brilliant, absolutely it's, brilliant. It's been beautiful to see the X's and O's to to really watch the the behind the scenes things, and then to think, okay, Denver, you know, you you've got to show up in Game Three to make up for this, and I thought that they would show up. I wasn't ready for the historic double triple double that we got from the studs right like you talked about it being an a tier game well this was an s tier performance from the two stars of the denver nuggets 30 point triple doubles from two players one of them getting 21 rebounds like i'm sorry you go back 40 50 years and you you just show this stat line to be like hey guys this is going to be a game three of the nba finals from two guys in the future people are going to be like i'm sorry how good is the talent in the future? Because this was an incredible moment from these two guys. Bro, it's it's absolutely wild. Like they're the Denver Nuggets and Nikola Jokic are the first pair of teammates to do this. Um, Nikola Jokic has three of these kinds of games in the playoffs in his career, a 30 point 20, 20 rebound triple double. There have only been two other in the history of NBA playoffs, one done by Kareem Abdul Jabbar and the other by Wilt Chamberlain back when you could, you know, rebound yeah. like crazy because, you know, that's where the, the ball was. It was, you know, in tight basket game. Uh, so there was way more rebounding opportunity. Nikola Jokic is doing things that we have never seen before. And I'm going to give you credit, Kevin, because like back in the bubble, even before the bubble, you had been telling me that this guy is the best offensive player and is the hub of a of a championship caliber team and i kind of you know was on the on the fence and i listened to the media too much and they make fun of his size they make fun of his weight and the guy has trimmed down you got to give him like he has oh, yeah. lost quite a bit of weight and like I mean, this man is running the floor just looking like an absolute monster out there he still can't Love jump it. still Love can't it. jump the guy's got to work on getting that elevation but you know, I was trying to convince you, man. I made I made this comment earlier to Matt, and I'm going to stand by it. Nicole Jokic is the closest we've seen to a LeBron James-esque player control the game while looking nothing like LeBron James on the court. Let's be completely honest here, right? And, yeah, you know, we are all fall victim of, you know, drinking the milk from the media, just accepting whatever they want to say. And Nuggets fans have known for years that this guy was going to come out and do something special. And, you know, Malone said it best in that post game, uh, you know, I think in, in the last series, you know, this guy coming out, you know, 300 pounds overweight, like nobody, nobody thought, nobody thought he was going to be what he is. And 
And this no. is where, you know, I love that anybody can watch this game and have a star like Nikola Jokic, have stars like Giannis Antetokounmpo, have these players that really shouldn't be here, but put in the work to make it happen. And yeah, man, I, I guess I'll toot my horn a little bit. I'll, I'll be pretty happy about it. But at the end of the day, I'll be happier when he gets that finals MVP and they, and they win because they're on path to do it. And just like Giannis, you know, for a while, get those two MVPs, regular season, be disrespected, show up in the finals and win. And that's where I think Nicola's headed. Man, I, I couldn't agree more with you at this point. And to have a running mate like Jamal Murray, um, like they just feel like an inevitable force. I think like the the kind of crazy part here is that like Michael Porter Jr. hasn't played well at all in the last three games. And they're still up 2-1. And it, it, he almost feels kind of redundant at this point. Um, yeah. Like they don't necessarily need him. And I think that he's a little bit frustrated with his role, um, which totally makes sense because he's a great, great player. But he's just, you know, he doesn't get as much touches. So he doesn't get into the rhythm of basketball, of the like the offense, of the yeah. basketball flow. And he's just, you know, it is what it is. Um, but then you look at a guy like, you know, their rookie Christian Brown and, that kid, like, you can see it when he's playing. He's playing with so much intensity. Yeah. The guy's, like, jumping up and down on defense. His head is on a swivel. Head is on a swivel. Like, it is, like, awesome to watch. And, like, when you have two guys like Jokic and, and Murray, like, that's really the type of player that you need. You need that, like, Aaron Gordon defender that, who doesn't necessarily need the touches on offense. That Christian Brown guy who, you know, is is – you know, going full out gassing it as as much as he can. Yeah. And a guy like PJ, who's more like silky smooth, who, you know, definitely needs his touches. Like he might be a, a great candidate to trade. I, and I would, you know, estimate that he'd pop off with another squad, but um, like he might be, you know, time to recoup some assets from him. Cause he's a max guy and not playing like it right now. No, sure. no, no. And yeah, Chris Brown taking up some minutes and, it's it's really interesting the way that MPJ has faltered because when we were talking about this series and about Denver, I was I was adamant about the role players and the importance that they would have because yes, your superstars can do what they can do, but you need the rest of your team to step up to really win a championship. Any any role player who has won a ring will say, I mattered when this happened. Now, you know, if you were a bench guy and you didn't play any minutes, then you're just lying to yourself. But any guy who was the fifth, sixth, or seventh guy on a championship team contributed important minutes. And you look at what Aaron Gordon is doing as a true role player who in the past was the guy for a team. And whether or not he deserved to be the guy is not the conversation we're having right now. The conversation we're having is the fact that he's molded himself to be the perfect four, the perfect player for this team. Look at what Bruce Brown is coming and doing. KCP, yes, has faltered and has his, his defensive moments, but he is the three-point shooter that this team needs, and when he plays defense well, he plays it well. And this is where, you know, you, you look at MPJ as the odd man out, as the guy who wants more, wants to be more than he maybe, not, I'm not going to say more than he should be, because you're right, the guy is a stud, and if these back injuries hadn't have affected him, he, his whole career might be completely different, right? He could be the Jamal Murray of a team but you want to win a championship you want to get you want to get all the way look at the pieces you have and make it work to get there and so it's going to be interesting to see what the rest of this team can do i'm hoping aaron gordon can keep being a monster because i loved what he did in game one 
Man, no, he's he's been fantastic. Um, he wasn't so great in game two, but game three last night, he was good again. Yep. He plays very hard defensively. He gives them, you know, that extra size down low. And because he's so thick and strong, like you can't just, you know, throw smaller guys at him or like MPJ doesn't have that size down low. And he's been too passive. He's, you know, jacking up threes and jacking up threes. And I guess that's like the game plan because he is a shooter, but you know, maybe fake a three and drive to the basket, get yourself going, hit a little easy one, you know, see the ball go through the hoop and, and get better. But, you know, I just think that it's, it's not even necessary for them. I think Denver's just been that good. And I think they're going to continue to be that good. So I just, I don't yeah. see it, you know, turning yeah. around for the heat personally if christian is going to keep you know bring in the hustle moments that he has do you want why wouldn't you want a defender like him putting in those minutes and let mpj sit if he's not going to shoot up but you know the heat have a lot of questions still to answer right i think that in game two they proved that if their three ball is knocking down and they're willing to attack the hoop because as everybody says Jokic isn't a rim defender it's not about it's not about the fact that they're getting defended or not. It's about the options. It's about attacking the hoop so that there is the open three point shot. It's there's the enablement. But yeah, man, there's just I Bro, too many questions for the Heat. They hit forty nine percent in game two and still only won by three points. Yeah. Like that is that is telling you something about the talent disparity of these rosters where Miami needs it to go perfectly. Yeah. Denver has quite a bit of room for error and can still win some of these games. And that's why, like, at the beginning of the series, I picked it as a sweep, and I'm still feeling the gentleman's sweep, man. Um, You know, Serbia and Canada, maybe we're just a little bit nicer. You know, got to give them that one game. It's it's so true, man. You know, we're, we're kind of setting up for it, right? Game four... Coming up on Friday here tomorrow, I think it'll be a good Friday night game. Can Miami win a game at home? They kind of need it at this point because if they go down 3-1 against the truly superior team and the Nuggets have an opportunity to close it out in game five, I mean, the speeches that we've seen in the past from these guys, right? The the talent that they have, it's almost inevitable. It's almost inevitable, you know? Yeah, man, I think... I think this is Jokic or Jokic's series to to really cement himself as, you know, one of the five best centers of all time. Yeah. I think this is it. And I think he's gonna do it because the man is just inevitable. He's inevitable. That's what he is. So he 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 really is, man. And you know, there was rumors about Caleb Martin having some serious uh illness during the first two games of this series, you know, migraines, you know crazy stuff so he was he's hopefully back to normal for the heat so that'll be another round that they have an opportunity to work with but yeah man tyler I hero the, is tyler hero coming back we don't know he didn't play game three there's rumors about game four at this point will it matter like another shooter who isn't really tested and trained like it, it maybe and not a defender that's but, it right yeah uh, it's painful yeah. man well i don't I don't see him making a, a major impact in this series. And yeah, you can call him, you know, their second best score, their second best shot creator, like whatever. Yeah. He's, he's great on an offense, but basketball is a, a two way sport and you have to, especially in these moments, especially yeah. the finals, the playoffs, it is about two way players. It's about guys who can get it done on both ends. And I'm not, you know, 
saying that he can't be an above average defender if he puts his mind to it, but I just don't think that he can make that defensive impact that you need. Um, he's kind of got that, you know, uh, MPJ kind of feel to him. Similar thought process for sure about them. Miami's got to win the rebounding game in these upcoming in this upcoming game five to have any potential chance. Yeah, exactly. Good luck, Matt. I'm pretty happy here. You know, I, I think we've talked about this series. There's not much more to say. You know, hopefully we'll get to a game six and then we'll be able to only talk about two games next week rather than the end of the series. But Matt, I'm leaning Nuggets in six just because I'd love to come back and talk more about this series next week. But. Eh. Hey, man, I'm going with the easy one, Nuggies in five, and, you know, Jokic for finals MVP. I just think that it's it's happening. If the Heat at all were to get there, I want to just shout out Bam because he's been playing amazing. Um, the guy's been a great point center, and but I just don't even, like, he's not even in the same class as Jokic, so it just is what it is, my friend. You, you can really say that Bam has stepped up as that second option to play the way he's supposed to, and... You know, if Jimmy's trajectory can can go up and he can stay there, maybe they have a choice. And maybe. yeah, maybe. you're right in, in shutting up, Bam. His, his mid-range shot has been absolutely knocked down beautiful. He's been making up for his playoff woes that he's had in the past. But yeah, time will tell on this series. Crazy to think that we're kind of at the end here of another NBA season, Matt. Oh, man. What a great one it's been, though, man. Uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed this one, even with the Raptors' struggles. Uh, hopefully next year is just as good and, and we get the Raptors, you know, in deep into the playoffs because that's this is what it's all about, man, getting to this moment, getting to the mountaintop and, and you know, hitting that that final shot to become a champion. We, so. we want to we wanna see those 16 Ws happen again. That's what we're here for. But it's, it's all about the Nuggies and Heat right now. Game four and five to yeah. come up. Anything else, my friend, or shall we close it out? Nah, man, you're good to take us out. Beautiful. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up, and check out TheBoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.